All right. Welcome to the Good People Podcast, where each episode we explore what it means to be good by talking to everyday heroes, philanthropists, altruists, and do-gooders. I'm Kelsey Timmerman. I can't say my name. I'm the author of Where Am I Giving, a global venture exploring how to use your gifts and talents to make a difference. Jay, do you have any trouble saying my last name of Timmerman? Uh, it sounds a lot like cinnamon. cinnamon. That's hard to pronounce. Cinnamon. Timmerman. I have trouble saying it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Good thing we're not drinking this episode. I, I know, right? I should be like, this episode we actually have espresso. Yeah. Jay just made maybe, espresso. maybe it's just too much caffeine like, in your woo! system. <laughs> it's a shock. <laughs> so, uh... How you been? Good. Good. I'm getting over a uh, sickness and a little bit of a cough, so hopefully I won't do that on mic. Oh, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm ready to get back into it. I missed you. I haven't seen you I in know. a couple weeks. It's been too long. I, I text you. You don't reply. I'm sorry. I had a mm-hmm. trip. You go on trips all the time. I had a trip out west for something I'll share later, uh, future awesome. podcast. It was pretty fun. And then I had a conference to go to. And so I, I think it's, if we can compare the two of us, I'm kind of like the the eight-year-old man who has a busy week because I have a dentist appointment on Wednesday. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, you're always off and running. Yeah. it's uh, No, it's more similar than you think. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Well, um, today is just going to be the two of us. Uh, just two of us, and there's no guest. Um, we do this time to time because... Yeah. Intentionally. Intentionally. Even. Just, yeah. yeah. And so uh, I want to talk about... Kiva. Have you ever heard of Kiva before? Uh, I have. Um, I, I don't know a lot about them, but I know the basic concepts. Yeah. yeah so Kiva is a micro lending organization I have some experience with. And um, so I actually, uh, Jessica Jackley, who is one of the founders of Kiva, came to Ball State. And I heard her talk a couple hmm. of years ago. And she was really, um, the talk that she gave um, really influenced me um, in that it kind of led to the first mission statement, the Facing Project. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, so her mission statement formula was that uh, what does it do, how does it do it, and why do you do it? Hmm. So the first mission statement, the Facing Project, was connecting people through stories to strengthen communities. Oh, yeah. It's got the same rhythm to yeah. it as well. So yeah. if you're just listening, the Facing Project is a project I co-founded and, and Jay's on the board of, and so we spend a lot of time working on the Facing Project. So, so Kiva... Um, and uh, I've always thought highly of them. So you can go to their website, kiva.org, and you can select. Um, have you ever made a donation through Kiva before? I have not. I have not. So you, you go on there and, and you see this host of people, and it'll say Guadalupe and Guatemala. I don't, I don't know if that's actually one. That might be too convenient uh, <laughs> sounding, too much of a ring to it. Um, but then, you know, she's raising funds for, she wants to start a roadside stand selling. Uh, eggs, right? And you can, she's looking for a loan. Right. And then you can give money to Guadalupe and Guatemala and other people. It's kind of like crowdsourcing lending. Right, right. And so she signs up for it and you can, so you see their story. And um, I've actually led students before in an exercise um, about, okay, I have $25 to lend. Let's go to kiva.org. I want you to break up into groups. I want you to look at uh, the stories of these people. Like this person's a farmer. This one's, one's starting like a, uh, a garment repair center. Um, and pitch to the group who you want to give to. But we can only give to one. Right. And we only got $25, right? Yeah. And I kind of liked it. I kind of like it as an activity. And it was an exercise to, make, to, to cause them to think through what they would do with their money. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, how, how would they give? 
you know, we all have a limited amount of resources and right, right. we have to make that kind of decision, yeah. right? And how yeah. can those stories influence yeah. our decisions? So Kiva, basically then anyone can go on the site and say, <clears throat> I have X amount of dollars, whether it be $25 or $2,500, $25,000, and they can look up people and do people submit their own, they submit their own need. Like you would say, Hey, I want to start this and I'm in this place and this is what I'm looking for to do it. Is it just a basic summary of what they want, or is it like a business plan, or how is that presented? Well, you know, the, this is what we'll get into, the nitty-gritty. So okay. there, there's, the, there's the first, like, you go to their website, and it looks like someone just, like, got on there and, like, I want money for chickens. Okay. And uh, it, it seems like that simple, right. right? But it's not quite as simple as it seems. And once people start to peel back the layers of what Kiva actually is – some people kind of felt misled by hmm. misled by that. Okay. Right. So, um, and so I, for where am I giving wanted to look more into this type of kid. Cause it became really trendy. Uh, micro lending became like this silver bullet that was going to end poverty around the world. Like we're going to give small loans out to people and it was accountable distribution of wealth in a way, right? Yeah. Because you're providing loans that people have to pay back. So, and you know what, maybe we could even make a little bit of money. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? That I love making money, taking care of poverty in the world. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, let's, let's, let's make some money <laughs> and let's get people out of poverty, right? Hmm. So that's what kind a combination. Of, okay. Um, and, and now Kiva themselves, uh, that's not their. That's not necessarily their model, right? But so there are there is interest. Different partners they work with these, do have okay. interest. Gotcha. Right? So I'm gonna back up a little bit. Have you ever heard okay. of a guy named Muhammad Yunus? No. So he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, I forget what year it was. It was in like the early, let's see, 2006 maybe. And he's from uh, Bangladesh. And I traveled to Bangladesh in 2007. And I would ask people there, like, have you heard of Muhammad Yunus? Because when I'm traveling to a place, I often try to try to read books that are like from that country or about people in that right, country. Right. And there's not a lot of stuff about Bangladesh. So it was, you know, he was in the news a lot because he just won the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm -hmm. And he won it for uh, microfinance. And when I showed up in Bangladesh, many people actually, some people hadn't heard of him. And some people are like, we never heard of that guy until he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, right? oh, I see. Yeah. But yeah. he has a, pre a pretty remarkable idea. He was a banker. He's kind of known as the banker to the poor. And so he started off with like, um, you know, he saw the need in his community. He had $27 of his own money. And he lent it to 42 women in a village who were creating bamboo furniture. Hmm. And so they had this very small amount of money that really positively impacted their um, money-generating activities. Right. right? And right. so then they were able to uh, make money and support their families in a new way. Mm -hmm. And he just replicated that again and again. And eventually he started something called the Grameen Bank that did this throughout Bangladesh and actually spread around the world. I think there's even micro lending here in the United States today as well. Hmm. Um, it's a really great idea. Yeah. Yeah. That spread. Yeah. Right? With an obvious short term result. Right. Yeah. I, when I was in Bangladesh in 2007, I visited the Grameen bank and they took me out to the field and I met, um, a lot of people. Uh, one was a woman who was, um, basically lived on the street and her first loan was for a bag of candies. Like just a single bag of candy. Like go to go to Walgreens or whatever, and and, and drop five dollars or whatever. On some butterscotch candy. And then she was selling those. Okay. And yeah. 
and that was her first loan. And if she paid that back, then she would get a bigger loan. And they hmm. they put people in groups too. So it's like the two of us. We would get uh we would get a loan. I, I would get a loan first, and if I paid my loan back, then maybe you would get a loan. But if you default on your loan, then I wouldn't get a loan. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like this protects thing. against risk. It's, sure. And yeah. it's also there's peer pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm like Jay better pay back his damn loan. Right. I want to buy a cow. Which I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're gonna screw me. <laughs> Not over. if you were involved. You take your money and run. Right. <laughs> like. Guys, I bought a, a guitar and I was gonna make music, and then I decided yeah, I to abandoned make Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay. Um, and so, um, yeah. So then I also met a woman who was bought an apartment, uh, one one room apartment, and then paid back her loan. I think she started off with a cow first, and then bought an apartment. And now, when I was there in 2007, she had bought owned like this like complex of a, of apartments. I mean, they look like shanties. But she lived in one too, right? Yeah, right. They were just ten shacks, but she rented yeah. them out, and right. she was just a really well-respected woman in her community. Yeah. So micro living, I'm like, this is pretty amazing. And you, and that led to this other person creating Kiva. So is that, that how that connects? Yeah. So uh, she was inspired by Muhammad Yunus, okay. and the work of Kiva. I think she has a co-founder too, or the work of the Grumming Bank, right. and that led to the creation of Kiva. Uh, Muhammad Yunus had talked at her at her school in Stanford. I, I believe hmm. it was at Stanford, and so she started Kiva, and then so uh, anyone can start to you know give through very small amounts of money to people around the world. You go on the website, you see the person I want to give to this person, you give to them, and then they pay you back, right? And and you get all of your money back, and you can lend that money again. You don't get paid any interest, sure. So okay. it seems like this fantastic thing. So right. for where am I giving? I said I was gonna look into it a little bit. Right. So I was gonna be in Cambodia, and so I made a loan to a hog farmer named Poe P H O. I think that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. And uh, and so uh, I'll cite a pin on pin where I was, and I was gonna go visit her. Yeah. So I decided to do that. Yeah. And uh, so I did some more research, and it turns out that the people one of the one of the misperceptions that a lot of people who who lended through Kiva. Um, was that they think that this person's waiting for your money, right? Because it says, oh, this, is, this has been funded 50%. Uh, oh. And that's not the case. By the time that they make it onto the website, the person's received funding. Well, oh, okay. <clears throat> well, that doesn't make sense. What's the point of you going? So if I go on the website and I see Poe and I say, I want to affect her life with my $25, <clears throat> does it not go to her or is it Poe's got the money already okay. so that, then it just goes to um, I mean it goes towards that they have lending partners so in the case of of uh, the loan that I was my, my money I gave to Poe it went to Vision Fund which is run by World Vision it's like a bank it's like a lender right and so then they had already given the money to Poe so then the money that, that I gave goes to Paid Vision them back. Fund. Right. Yeah. I guess. It's kind of confusing. Yeah, that's a little confusing. So when you – we won't spoil the book too much for people that are going to go read it, which we hope everybody does. But in Where Am I Giving? I mean, you probably talk – you talk about that. But what did she do when you got there? Yeah. So I visited Vision Fund first and said, hey, I want to go visit Poe. I made her alone. And they're like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, and then they start talking to their bosses and they're kind of like, who is this? What is going on? Yeah. And so they still were pretty helpful. And they um, 
uh, found someone to kind of help guide me to where she was because there's not very much information on there. Yeah. And so on my way, I'm riding out in like a um, uh, a tuk-tuk, which is like this chariot, right? So just imagine like you, you know, on a chariot, me, like <clears throat> on this chariot being pulled by a, a small scooter, right? Oh, okay. And we go off into the countryside as if I'm some like king right the, yeah. the, the day before i had actually tried to go find her and i was on the back of a motorbike and it was miserable so i kind of wanted the chariot <laughs> you're happy about the I, chariot i sprung for the chariot right <laughs> so on, on the way out to visit her i get a call from vision fund that says um they say um oh by the way don't mention don't mention kiva hmm. because poe's never heard of kiva all she knows is she got a loan from vision fund so there's one of the disconnects is that we think that it's this one-to-one relationship. Yeah. And it's not quite as one-to-one. Now, in 2009, this became apparent to some of the lenders. And it was like Kiva didn't really talk about this before. Right. Now they're a little bit more transparent, but you still have to dig for it. But my thing is like how little when it comes to giving we actually think through all of this. So I guess we're led to believe before that, that Poe signs up for a loan – and she mm-hmm. puts her information online mm-hmm. and someone's like, okay, I'll put your photo on there. I'll put your story on there and let's see what the Westerners think of you. Right. They right. may fund you. They may not fund you. Right. Like, yeah. and as if we have any information to go on uh, and any expertise of how we should lend money to this person. So I, I feel like it's kind of, um, um, an eBay of charity, yeah. almost. I mean, going back to our going back to our conversation with uh, No White Saviors, I also feels like it's kind of like um, patriarchal, right? Yeah. Of like we're the ones that know. Hey, you need money for pigs. I have money. Tell me your story. Yeah, yeah. As if we're like actual the bankers. Entertain the guy on the chariot because. Yeah. I can give you money. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right. Hey, I'm the white guy from Indiana. That's you, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I was referencing. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> and so it was, uh, huh. that was pretty eye opening. Yeah. Yeah. So when they told me I, I couldn't, uh, don't mention Kiva, I was a little surprised by that, but then it all starts to make sense when you, when you dive into this. Um, there's actually a guy named Bob that wrote a book called the international bank of Bob and he lent out $25,000 around through different places. And, and uh, went to meet the the people he had lent the money to, and it seemed to be like a really positive experience for him. Um, but he doesn't really ask. I read the book. Does, he doesn't really ask like the deep questions. Like, so what? This person has to pay the money back. So I right. wanted you to think about someone other than me that is in financial need. Right. right? Other, other than you. <laughs> other than me. And, and let's say that this person's in financial need and you're like, I have the perfect thing for you. Here's a credit card. Right. Does that make their life better? Yeah. Right. That's a, and, and that's a good question. And, and I mean, at a national level, many, many third world, third world countries have national debts to the United States, right. Or to the EU or Right. And it's the same sort of thing, which is, okay, we've, we've extended all this to you. We don't need it, but guess what? You owe it. Yeah. It feels patriarchal. It feels yeah. with interest. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah. 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 Which continues to build. Now, now the, the partners don't have to pay Kiva back interest, but often the partners do charge interest because they have a building to, you know, electricity to pay employees to yeah. pay. They charge interest, but sometimes that interest can get up to even 37%. Wow. That's worse than the 
criminals in the credit card yeah. industry. And that's generally in micro lending, right? right, right. Not necessarily <laughs> directed at Kiva, but studies, if you look at micro lending, it has gotten up to like 37%. Mm-hmm. And I can share some of these studies in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, there's a, a group, um, I think it operates out of MIT called the Poverty Action Lab. And they say, here's what they say, where is it? Um, getting some notes here. Um, so J-PAL, a global research center working to reduce poverty by ensuring that policy is informed by scientific evidence, examined seven randomized evaluations of microcredit. And they found it's not quite the silver bullet to fighting poverty that some make it out to be. In fact, the researchers found that microcredit has no impact on a borrower's income. Wow, really? Which seems like that would be kind of the thing we're hoping for, right? Well, yeah, like the first example, you hope you give $25 for a bag of candy or for whatever they're going to use it for, that they end up in a situation where they're self-sustaining. It's given them the bump they've needed to be able to create a job or jobs that will help pay their rent, buy food, buy them shelter, whatever. <clears throat> yeah. So that would be the intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, they, they said they found that uh, some of the rates were up to 37%. And... um Oh, let's see. What was that one part? So what what it did improve, though, it gave them more choice into how they would spend their money, right? It never necessarily gave them more income, but it gave them access to funds. So the I went out to meet Poe, right? Yeah, right. And she, um, she, her story was that she was going to spend money on pigs. Uh, like, well, at least I'll get to see some cute pigs. Right. There was no pigs. I'm like, Poe, where's the pigs? Like, <laughs> I want my $25. <laughs> no. Um, and, and, and so I asked her what she spent the money on. And she said that her son had been in a motorcycle accident. Uh, and they'd spent it on his, like, health care. Wow. Right? And that made me think about the girl I met at the dump in Cambodia in 2007, whose family, I later found out, um, had left the countryside. They were farmers, left the countryside to work in this dump. And I met her. She was 11, earning 25 cents per day mm-hmm. in the worst place I've ever been in my life. And so her story was that her mother was in a motorcycle accident. And and she couldn't, and to get her medical treatment, they had to sell the only asset that they had, which was their farm, and move to the city. Right. So part of me wonders, well, what would Poe have done if she didn't have the access to that credit? Right. So it's kind of like this mixed bag. It's not necessarily a silver bullet. It's like improving people's lives in terms of their income, but maybe it gives them another option before having to pull the trigger on something like selling their home and going to work in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, I mean, they, we even talk about people in the United States. It was in, uh, in the, uh, <laughs> interview I heard of Kamala Harris today that, uh, there are many Americans that are $400 away from, bankruptcy like over 50 percent right it's like crazy amount. yeah so you think about in that situation well if i had you know a thousand dollars emergency money if i have a problem that i need to spend four hundred dollars on i can spend it on that or if those things don't happen i can spend on other things but i have the choice on where to spend that money because i have the little bit of an extra kick that i can use either in terms of an emergency like an accident or some other way to fund my future Yeah, part of the problem here is, I mean, 
and you and I've talked about this and <clears throat> is and some of the ideas behind charities is you want people to feel like you want to motivate people to give money and to create change. Right. And what we find in so many places, and you do a good job in the book of explaining how these things work and places where you've seen it impactful, partially impactful or not. Um, but I'm, we talked about this early on. I'm more likely to give if I know that it's going to go directly to somebody. Mm -hmm. So in situations where someone says, Hey, said, Hey, I know this, this family and their house burned down and they need pots and pans. I'm more likely to say, here's $50 to go buy pots and pans or a hundred dollars to go buy pots and pans or whatever it is. And I feel it's direct. It's tangible. I know it's making an impact. I could do those all day long if I felt like it was that direct, but charity sometimes doesn't feel that way. And now the, you pull back a layer from Kiva and you pull back that direct positioning, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to get on there to Poe and I want to get her some pigs so she can either, you know, be a pig farmer or whatever she's going to do with that so that she can generate income for herself. And it turns out I'm not doing that. It's kind of marketing. Yeah. It's well, it's, it's emotional marketing, right? To get you to give. Yeah. Right? right. And it's not really connecting with her in the same way. And, and I don't know, you know, is it irresponsible or not? I think some of it, it's the flaw in us is that we have to have this one-to-one -to, -one to have empathy enough to be able to give and they know that and they believe in what they're doing right so like they kind of, I mean, take advantage of that or just that maybe we all need to be more aware as givers and and more thoughtful and um yeah it also points out how how difficult it is to really know what you're giving to the one-to-one -one thing is like, I mean, what do we think? Oh, they're sitting around waiting. Oh, Kelsey gave $25. Oh, thanks. I'm going to go buy a piglet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that leads to child sponsorship too, which we can get into a whole nother episode. Right. But it's yeah. that one-to-one. -one. Yeah. And child sponsorship isn't what most people think it is. Right. 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 I mean, it's not – if you're sponsoring a child – uh, in Uganda and you stop sponsoring that child, you think, Oh, sorry, Jay said that budget was getting tight. Yeah. Can't afford Netflix it. Netflix raised their price and <laughs> sorry, buddy. Don't say that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, buddy. You're yeah. on your own. Yeah. You know? No, he's in the pro and you want it to be like that. You want it to yeah. not drop off. You want it to be more socialized. Like sure. that. Yeah. So we're, we're led to believe it's the one-on-one. -on -one. We want to believe that it's one-on-one, -on -one, but yeah. how could it possibly be? Yeah. It's much more complex. Yeah. Than that. So I don't know if I necessarily blame the charities themselves yeah. as, as, as long as the marketing isn't misleading in that way, I think, right. If, if you said, here are some of the types of people you're sponsoring and it goes into a fund and we make sure it's all distributed, I would get behind that a little bit more than, do you want to give to Guadalupe? Okay. Yep. Click. Right. I want to give that to, oh, it's not really going to her or it's going to her in a different way, or she already has it and we're going to use that fund somewhere else. It's like playing the float game yeah. with checks I mean, and charity. So you've done that before? No. no I, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> no. I've not. Other than personal interaction, which we talked a little bit about the Haiti stuff early on, um, uh, the, child, the, the one child sponsorship we have done was our friend, who you and I have talked about having on the podcast, actually takes the money with them to Haiti and delivers it hand in hand to that that family mm -hmm. still does that. Yeah. Um, but like you've said, there's many other ways to provide that now, but no, it's not through a fund of any sort or any other group. Yeah. So even like Kiva, right? Like, so 2009, this kind of blew up on them that people, Oh, what? I thought I was given directly to Guadalupe. And now you're telling me I gave to a group who already gave to Guadalupe. 
and I don't like that, right? So they, if you search enough, they're transparent about it. If you search, if enough. you search enough, right? right? It's yeah. still, it's still, they're they're not deceiving the person on their site, but they're really not giving the upfront information. But that makes it so much more complex, too, yeah. right? Yeah. Hey, it's, it's really easy. You go to the website, you can see. Oh, I'm giving money to this person. But to explain that more, actually, well, we have partners that we work with on the ground who, who work with these individuals closely and who know them and know the local economy and decide if they should get money or not, which right. is what we'd want. Right. They're not um, getting a direct deposit. It's done differently than that. The process is more complex than that. That seems like that would be a little bit more transparent and candid. But also it's not – it's a hard, much harder to communicate all the complexity of that, right? We yeah. want to be sold the simple thing. Oh, I get $25? Yeah. Go to Lupe Buys – Three chickens. I don't right. know how much a chicken costs yeah. in Guatemala, but yeah, yeah, probably right. more than three chickens. Yeah, but hmm. um, so that's kind of what I wanted to touch on today. Um, you know, Kiva's given more than a billion dollars like this, and it's not it's not really given; it's lent, lent. Right? right? To me, like True. lending isn't giving. That's one of the giving rules in this section. Like lending isn't isn't giving. Um, and so the things that they've measured are eighty one percent of the fem- uh, borrowers are female. They've given 86 countries. They've given to 220,000 borrowers, um, this many farmers. They've inspired more than 1.6 million borrowers to, um, uh, and, and to, to our lenders, like people to give. But like, to what end? Like, has it lifted people out of poverty? Has it increased their income? Mm-hmm. Well, it hasn't increased their income, but it does give them a little bit more choice in sometimes a life when they don't have a lot of choice, a little bit of a cushion mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. And so uh, I think we just all, the takeaway is that we kind of all need to be more educated and not just led into these fads, right? I, I, I compare um, micro lending to like a shake weight. Like, <laughs> like if you use it, you, you use a shake weight, right? You were an early, oh, absolutely. Early, I got, early developer. I've of the got shake four of them. Four of them. <laughs> No, wow. I don't Can have you a use shake all four weight. at the same time? So Jay has a shake weight. And stop telling people I have a shake weight. <laughs> so if you use a shake weight. Like, you're going you're gonna to get some benefit yeah, from Hey, use this shake weight for 90 minutes. Right. Go, right? Yeah. Like you're going to get some some benefit from it, but it's probably not going to do everything the shake weight people tell you it's right, going to do. Right, right. Yeah. To me, I think uh, just using Kiva as an example of these fads that can kind of come across um, – uh, the the world of giving right yeah. they, in your mailbox in your inbox of yeah. like here's a new way to yeah. make a difference yeah. in the world and so I we just all need to have a bit more of a radar out and yeah. ask those questions not just simply yeah. just just and is the question to really ask there what's the outcome yeah of that? totally I mean so how does this end up for the person and what position are you putting them in or removing them from um. Through the process of, of giving this Everything money. else is just bean counting. We gave this much money. Okay, if you gave someone a loan, they could have ruined their lives. Right, yeah. I mean, I don't know. If yeah. they got a loan and it was 37% interest, it might not have been the best thing for them. Right. Right? right. That's totally it. Like, we need to, anytime you give to anything, you have to say, well, what will this? what is the outcome of this money? Right. Not like how many of this did it buy, how many chickens did it buy? Okay, uh, how many – I don't care about chickens being bought. I care about those chickens impacting people's lives positively. 
Right. What did that do? Yeah. Oh, allowed them to send their kids to school. Yeah. It, um, the family was healthier, more educated, you know, yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, right. Well, and I think that's true for money or time, right? Because you want to find out what the outcome of your volunteering is. And money tends to be more remote because you can't easily volunteer on a weekday for somebody in a different country. But, um, but looking at the outcome and finding out, did it provide this sort of uh, life that you hope for someone is, is an important measure. And but the problem is it just takes, it takes time. It takes research. It's easy to give money away, but it's really hard to know if it's impacting and it's any, hard anything. The, it's hard for the organizations too, right? Sure. I mean, it's been on what it is. You know, yeah. we talked about effective altruism earlier uh, in the season. I don't know if we even have a season. We'll call it season one. Season one. Yeah, season one. I, like I don't know that. how many episodes we can yeah. see. <laughs> Can't wait to break it up and say season episode one, <laughs> season two. Say, that sounds exciting. Two. Heck, this could be it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, but but they're the darlings of that movement are often ones that are easily quantifiable. Right. Right. Yeah. And what really makes this all challenging is the, the ways that we give the most, that make the most impact, we probably don't even know. Right. Yeah. They're immeasurable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, anyhow, um, lending is a giving. Yeah. Giving rule. I love it. There you go. That's this episode, I guess. Yeah. That's it. Play the outro. Thanks, Desi. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Good People Podcast. Special thanks to my friend Jay Mormon for co-hosting and to Cliff Ritchie for the great tunes. You can listen to Cliff on Spotify or find him at cliffrithcheyart.com. Let's keep the good going. Please share, rate, and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Visit kelseytimmerman.com slash goodpeople to find show notes, suggest guests, learn more about my books, and tell us about the good you are doing in the world.